I, I couldn't resist. That is, uh, um, that's my daughter, Grace's Panda. And during this pandemic, thank you. That was Melissa Benson's joke that I can't believe I didn't think of it. Well done, Coco. Um, yeah, I just saw that. I think, I think Grace walked out with that on last night. And I was like, that's the mask. That's the mask right there. Now that we all have to wear them. But I'll tell you, that one's very claustrophobic and really kind of hard to breathe in. And I sound like Darth Vader, It's at least inside my head. Um, so good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, welcome if you have just dialed in to join us. Uh, we are uh, excited, so excited to have you with us on this wonderful Sunday morning where, you know, we're, 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 we're throwing things down and we're hoping you're picking them up. You know what I'm saying? It, this is... I was just thinking about this because we were um, in the in the worship service previously, uh, and this time, uh, as August was leading, and and uh, you know things have changed. She had to use that condenser mic, and it was just kind of weird. She didn't drop it. I was hoping she'd drop it down, do like a James Brown type move, but she didn't. Um, you know, I was thinking because I got an email this week: uh, what to do when we are reengaging with the life of the church, like re- like rolling out, um, welcoming back people into the congregation. We don't know what that's going to look like, right? I mean, I know the governor uh, dropped some really hard news on most of us last week when he shut school down for the remainder of the year. I voted for you. Um, and, and then, and this is how you repay us, right? Uh, and, then, um, and then this next week, he's going to kind of unveil his plan for the state of Texas to kind of get back into the life of things. And one of those deals is, okay, so how do we function around here? And we as a staff have not talked about this yet. We haven't gone through our plan and and this is how we're going to do it. And, and we don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if there is going to be some sort of, um, you know, you can have 20 people in worship service first and then, and then 50 maybe. And then, and then it builds up. What, whatever that plan is going to look like. I was thinking, how are we going to do that? How are we going to select, you know, the people? And I think it's a competition, right? Competition. Yes. I mean, because we want people in here. And I, I. This is all about me right now. So which, which camera? We're on, we're on that camera. All right. <clears throat> I need the people who are going to laugh the loudest, right? Going to give me some claps and some hallelujahs and, and, going, and going to sing the loudest for our worship team, all right? That's, this is what we want. We want those people who are going to be all in it for Jesus. You, this is your tri- Think of this time, your COVID isolation time, as your rehearsal. Your rehearsal time for coming back in to the house of the Lord and singing with everything you got, right? I got an email a couple of weeks ago from a guy when I said, look, no one cares in your house how you sound. They already know you are bad and just let it go. And he goes, it was so awesome to just let it go and to sing, you know? And, and so no one cares in here either, okay? I mean, they've all told, they all told, tell me that they can hear me singing over my spot by the organ as I'm just going off key and I'm going up and down and trying to throw August off. Not really trying to, but I just can't sing as high as she does at times. But you know, and, and so we want you to re- rehearse right now. And then I want you to film it and send it to me. I want to see you. Yeah, that's right. It, competition means there's judgment. Judgment is coming. Um, but thank goodness we have Jesus. I got a little Southern Baptist in me right there. But So, that, so I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know how we're going to re-roll into this stuff. I have a lot of staff members just going, please stop talking. Please stop talking right now. Um, a lot of set, there's like four people in the room, but every single one of them is on board. No. Uh, so this is what we're going to do. So I need some people who are going to be alive and well and just getting after it. People who aren't afraid to wear a panda head. 
up in the house of Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? So there you go. So we're, we're going to roll back in. We don't know what it's going to look like or when, but we're going to begin to think about this process because I like your flat people. I like the flat families that are out here, um, but I need some three-dimensional people. You know, so I, I need some people up in here uh, to, get, to get me some reaction. So, but in the meantime, we're going to continue to meet like this, and we're going to continue to love one another and, and to give some virtual high fives and, and praise and worship this way. So today we start a new series. And, and as I said last week, I, I think, or, or maybe it was on Wednesday night, I don't know, they all seem to start running together, um, is uh, I, I had intended to go a certain direction after Easter. And then when everything kind of came down, I, I began to think that that wasn't the right way to go. And I was like, I need to change, and we need to, and we need to shift gears. And I talked with Pastor Troy about it, and he and I were kind of on the same page. We need to shift into this, this kind of modality and, and, and found some good stuff around it. But then God was like, no, 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 go with where I first sent you. You stay on that road. Like on Tuesdays, that you know, we're dropping some lessons on, on Tuesdays, little short videos of me, and I'm going to start including Pastor Troy in on those, um, you know, I'm doing a lemonade type deal when life gives you lemons and how do you persevere through these times of trial and, and really what it means to, to really persevere and, and, and find strength in those moments of trouble. And then on Wednesdays, we're doing our worship evenings, worship and prayer with, with August and me. And, and uh, if you've ever seen Pastor Michael pray, it's a different kind of prayer on Wednesday, right? I mean, I'm dialing into something different uh, on Wednesdays and I love it. And August and I are having such a blast doing that on Wednesdays. And then on Thursdays, we're, we're, we're giving you something really to think about with um, Thursday, thinking with Miranda Kirk, who's one of our ministry leaders here, and, um, and, and just the, the great stuff that she's putting out. So we're continuing to do things to, to help walk through this time. Um, but today, man, I, I don't know about you, but when the governor announced um, on Friday, wasn't it Friday that he made his announcement? Yeah, that school was closed for the remainder of the year. I, I went... Well, of course it is, right? I mean, did it, was anyone surprised by that? I mean, raise your hand if you were surprised. What? Nobody was surprised by that information, right? We all knew. I mean, school is coming closer and closer to an end as we speak. And there's no way that schools were going to gear up for one or two weeks. There's no way that that was going to happen. And, and I just, I saw it coming. I knew it was coming. But when it became official, it was totally different, right? I mean, when it became official, it was just like this, this heaviness that just sat. Now, I know some of you don't have kids at school, um, but, but th for those of us that do and those of us who work in school districts and everything that surrounds that, when that came down, it was just like this heaviness of this, this reality of the situation that we're in. And, and once again, it was kind of just like COVID taking another hit right to the kidneys, just pow. And I needed some joy in that moment. Right? I, I don't know about you, if maybe, you're, maybe you're sailing through this, and you're an introvert, and you're like, this is God's gift to people like me. You're like, everybody else can just forget it. Maybe you're somebody who just doesn't like to wear clothes, and so this is your greatest time of life, that it's always naked Thursday, right? You're just running around your house, and you don't care. I saw a picture of a young man on a Zoom call with his class, and he was naked, um, he's a little guy, but he's sitting at a table. You can't tell that he's naked, but his mama said, oh, he's naked. Um, just sitting there with the rest of his class. It's just like whatever. Uh, and so maybe this is a great moment for you. But for most of us, it's not. For most of us, it, it's hard. And there's a heaviness to it. And there's, 
there's, there's kind of questions and uncertainty. And I said it, I think, last week or, or Wednesday. W- without knowing a finish line, I, I, it's hard for me to run. So I, I need some joy. And so God, God goes, yeah, so does everybody else. And, and so we're going to do four weeks on joy. Joy is this, man. I, joy is, is an interesting thing because joy isn't like other. It's, it's, joy is a choice, right? Joy is irrelevant of your circumstances, Joy is something that you got to lean into. Happiness is something that because things are going well, you're happy. Joy is deeper. It's richer. There, there's something bigger there. And so what we're going to do over the next four weeks is we're going to focus in on joy. I want to start off, though, by kind of centering us as to who we are as a community. Because I know we got a lot of new folks out there. And so I want to take you through one of the messianic prophecies, this, this scripture from Isaiah. And, and it's a messianic prophecy, meaning it's pointing to Jesus. It's, 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 a, it's a scripture that came way before the life of Jesus, but it's going, this is who he is going to be. And in fact, an interesting thing, some of you may know this, um, when Jesus walks into this temple one day to preach, he goes in and, and there's the, a scheduled reading of the Torah that you follow. And he walks in and it's his turn to read and he, and he walks up. And he reads this scripture. And when he finishes it, he goes, guess what? You just saw this scripture fulfilled. And he, in my mind, he drops the scroll and walks out. He's like, bam, you know, <laughs> fulfillment of Jesus's identity as Messiah. So Isaiah 61, it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has announced me to preach good tidings, to preach the good news. The, the Lord has called us to help people know who they are in God's eyes, to help people know who God is. We help people know God. That's the first thing that we do, to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to help people find freedom for those things that have, that have hurt them and hampered them in their lives, to proclaim liberty to the captives in the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Now here the day of vengeance is something against the devil and the evil of this world, not of us. Not of the, the, the day of vengeance isn't about the people of God, it's about the devil, right? So he's gonna claim the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, to restore them to the identity that they were supposed to have to help them to find really their purpose here. And, and so that's what we do. We, we help find purpose and that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many, of many generations, they shall make a difference. See, that, that's what we're all about is to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. That's who we as a community are. And, and that doesn't change even if we're remote. Our primary concern is to introduce people to Jesus Christ, to help them know God. And then we want them to grow in their relationship with him and then to be engaged in it and then to make a difference. But for right now, I wanna focus in on one of these verses here. And it's the one about, he says, to give them beauty for ashes, 
the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. See, what he's talking about here is he, he wants to restore things. He wants to, he wants to give us joy, right? But, but in order for us to receive that, we gotta make some choices to receive that. You, you gotta make some choices in your life. Like there's a song, Everybody's Got Choices, right? Everybody got choices. Anybody know that song? You probably shouldn't. It's a bad song. Um, I'm, I'm making, dang it. Point number three is going to come back and bite me right there. Um, but there, so everybody has choices, right? And, and so there was a guy that was really good at choices. There was this guy who was um, of, the, of the New Testament, Paul, right? So Paul is this amazing guy who, who, who is responsible for most of the New Testament, either writing it or one of his disciples writing it for him. Um, or, or like him. And so Paul ha- has this huge thumbprint on, on Christianity and on, and on us. And, and Paul was a guy who knew some pain. I mean, he, here, now here's a guy who, uh, who was shipwrecked multiple times. In one shipwreck, he's, he's shipwrecked. He, he's left in the water. He's just bobbing around for a few days. He finally makes his way over to this island. He crawls up onto the island. And what happens? He gets bit by a snake, right? I mean, talk about bad day. He's thrown in jail multiple times. He is whipped the same way that Jesus was whipped, like like with the cat of nine tails, 39 times. It almost, that just rips your body apart. Four or five times Paul goes through this. He's stoned on multiple occasions. And that doesn't mean he got a lot of relief, right? This is like the kind of stoning like this, where they're trying to kill him by throwing stones at him. Dude had it rough, is what I'm trying to say. And yet, he's the same guy who, when he's writing to his church in Corinth, is like, man, I know what it means to be sorrowful, yet I rejoice. I know what it means to be hungry, yet I have everything that I need. I know what it means to have nothing, yet I don't want for anything. He's this guy who, in the face of his life, you would look at it and go, dude, it sucks to be Paul. And on paper, it did. That's not what he chose to do. See, Paul, Paul chose to find the joy in everything because joy, is, it's a choice. And really, there's, there's four choices that we need to make, and that's what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks in order to walk in the same way that Paul did, and in order to find that joy even in the direst of circumstances. And let's face it, folks, right now, pretty bad. Right now is a time where joy is just really not there. For many of us, we're, 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 we've been too cramped in with the same people for too long. We, we, we've heard the same stories. We've had the same meals. We're, we're, we've walked, as August said, we've walked the same neighborhood and it, we're tired of it, right? And, and, and so there's all this stuff and the uncertainty and the fear. And we're, some, you know, we're afraid to go out. We're afraid if anyone coughs, like Pastor Troy coughed in our offices this morning. I yelled out, COVID! Um, <laughs> he started laughing. Um, but, you know, and we have this kind of this whole thing going around, right? Man, joy is something. It would be great to be living in some joy right now. And so we're going to look at these four choices. And the first one is this. The first choice you got to make is prayer. That, that's the first choice is to pray. See, see, prayer is this thing that we should be leading everything with, right? There should be a, a motto, pray first. Pray first. Pray is not... It is not your last resort, which is what it is for most of us. It should be our first response. It should be the first thing that we go to, to pray first. To pray first before 
you make those plans, to pray first before you make those decisions, to pray first before you send that email, to pray first before you comment on someone's Instagram post, right? Pray first before you even post anything on Instagram, right? I mean, we should do, be a whole lot more prayerful about the things that we're putting out there in this world. To pray first. We have to make this decision in order to find this joy that, that, that Paul finds and, and he understands and that he, he's gonna talk about right here. We gotta pray first. And, and so Paul writes this letter to the people of um, Philippi. And, and he's in jail when he writes this, okay? So he's in prison. And in this letter, when he's in prison, and this isn't a prison like you see on, on TLC or some channel, right? It's not like he's going out and he's working out and he's lifting and he's going and watching HBO and, and, he, and he's Netflixing Tiger King and, and stuff like that. If that. Is that even on Netflix or is it Amazon Prime? Whatever. Y'all know. You've seen it. I know it because everybody's talking about it. Um, and and it, this, it, it's a dungeon, this is a horrible, horrible place that he's in. And yet in this letter, when he's writing to the people of Philippi, 27 times, 27 times he says rejoice or uses the word joy in the midst of all of this dire circumstance. Like, dude, talk about isolation and stay in place. He was forced to. He was forced to be with the same people. He was forced to be around all the sickness and disease that exists in a dungeon prison. And yet 27 times he's like rejoice, 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 joy, 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 joy. And so he writes this letter, chapter four of Philippians. He's talking to these two girls, these two church leaders that, that are get, gotten sideways with one another. And he comes down, and he says, look, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, because you're not picking up what I'm putting down. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. See, your circumstances, he's like, rejoice always. I'll say it again, rejoice, not because of your circumstances, not because of what's going on in your life, not because of the argument you're having with one another, but because the Lord is near. And if the Lord is near, Paul says, you gotta do something. You gotta pray. You gotta lean in to his presence and pray. And so what prayer does is he walks us through five things that prayer does for us as it leads us to a life of joy. The first thing is, is prayer replaces our worry. Prayer replaces our worry. Any of you worried out there right now? If you ha anybody, anybody worry people? Like you're just, you worry by nature? Any, any people in here were not worriers until this COVID-19 crisis? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like come upon you, like worry is becoming a spiritual gift that you have all of a sudden. You know, and, and so worry, the, the English root of, of the word worry is to strangle, right? And really think about that. Like it just, it strangles life. It strangles joy. It strangles peace. Worry is this thing that, worry is borrowing from tomorrow, essentially. Because it's like, so say you're really worried about something. Say, say you're like, man, I, I'm worried about how we are going to, to, to function next week. I, I'm worried about how we are going to homeschool two kids when we don't know what we're doing. I don't, I don't know how we're going to make it through. I'm worried next year that Corbin is gonna be so far behind in his studies that it's gonna be momentous for him to come back on all these things. I worry that Grace, there's no way Grace is going to progress through this time and she's going to, she's going to Corbin's just gonna stay where he is. She's going to regress. 
and it's going to be worse off than she was when we went into this time. I worry about those things, right? But here's the deal. Those things may not happen, right? So what if I spend all this emotional energy and time just stewing on this stuff, worrying about this stuff, and then we get to that time and they both are fine, right? Corbin has actually excelled in things and Grace has picked up a whole lot of new words, which incidentally over this time, she's saying a whole lot more stuff. She can say drive-through, right? <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, drive-through, drive-through, because uh, she knows she can't go into Whataburger, but we certainly can drive through it. You know what I'm talking about? Sister needs a grilled cheese. And, and so, you know, and so she's picked up a whole lot of new words during this time. But I'm worrying about what's going to happen. And all I'm doing is worrying right now. And, and if it happens in the future, then I sit in that emotional time again. And so I've worried twice. I've, I've rent myself two times. But here's the other thing. If it doesn't happen, then I've spent all this emotional energy, hurt, and heartache for nothing. Worry is this evil thing that just strangles us. And so Paul says this. He goes, look, rejoice always again. I'll say it again. Rejoice because the Lord is near. And then the next verse, he says, do not be anxious. Do not worry for anything. But in every situation, by prayer. And it, go to prayer. Go to prayer. Prayer is going to take, replace that worry. Prayer is going to put our trust in God, our faith in God. We worry about things that we have no control over, right? That's really, if we're all being honest with ourselves, we're all control freaks. We all have some sort of semblance of, I want to control my situation. Now I admit it, those of you who don't admit it are just lying to yourselves. Every single one of us has some sort of control issue in our life. There is one area of our life, or maybe multiple areas, where we need to be in control and we want to control it. And when we can't control it, we worry. We worry over those things. And really what worry kind of shows us is, and this one, this one kind of hurts me, worry exposes to us the areas where we trust God the least. Come on. It exposes to us those areas where, 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 where like, look, I trust God in many things, and there are many things that I don't think a second about but grace I worry about. Do I trust God? Or do I want to control things? Right? Because that's what it really amounts to. If I trust God, then I can let my control go. And that's the second thing that, that prayer does is, is prayer relinquishes control. Many of us, when we come into prayer, what we do is we come into prayer and we want to give God our lists of things we need him to do, and then we want to tell him how to do it, right? I know you're with me. I, I mean, I, I do it too. Like, God, here's what I need you to do today. I even did it this morning before I left the house as I think about this right now. I gathered together with Jenna and Grace, and Corby was still asleep, but we gathered together and we were praying for our morning. We pray for our day every day, and I was telling God what I needed him to do today. God, I need you to give us peace. I need you to give us a day of rest. I need you to put some peace in this girl right here, in her heart, in her mind. I need you to calm her spirit. I'm doing all this stuff, and God's like, I know. Here's how I need you to do it, God. God's like, okay. You want to let me, the creator of all things, do it, or you want to go ahead and control this one? Right? Because what we do is we want to take control of our problems, of our situations, of our worries. We want to, hold, we want to co-own 
the problem with God? Because we think we can. Here's the thing, though, and what Paul is leading us to is, man, you gotta, you got to let that go. you got to Elsa those things to Jesus, right? you got, you got to come at it with, man, I'm going to, he says, present them to God by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, he says. Come already thanking God for what he's going to do. Thank you, Jesus, for all the ways you move in my life. Thank you that I know you're going to move in my day today. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know you're going to move. I thank you for that. And so I present to you that our house is chaos these days. How you want to deal with it, you deal with it. You know what we need better than we do. So I'm not going to try to control it and say that it's this one's problem because she's not the only issue. Right? I'm not, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to give you five different points, five, the five steps to the perfect Crocker household because you know better than I but we want to control these things, right? The more we come to Jesus in prayer, the more we lean into that, the more we relinquish control. See, prayer helps us to get rid of our worry. It replaces that worry as we relinquish control. And then it begins to shape and shift our thinking. It begins to change how we think as Paul goes on through this verse. And, and here's where the Tiger King comes in. See, I, and, and where my, everybody's got choice, this song comes in. Because a lot of us right now have nothing else to do. And so I have a feeling that our consumption of media has escalated. Our, our consumption of all things, Netflix, Amazon Prime, television, podcasts, whatever, has just skyrocketed. And we're watching things. And I know this because a lot of you are sending me, hey, dude, you should check this show out. And I want to respond, hey, dude, you should stop watching this show. Because a lot of us are watching these things and we're listening to these things, and I do too. And we're like, oh, no, no, no. But I can filter out the trash. I can get rid of what's good and what's bad. But the thing about it is, is the filter lives inside of you. And that trash is still there. The more we allow the world to tell us how to think, the more we allow the world to shape our thinking, the more we look like the world. And what Paul is saying is, no, no, no. When you come to God, when you're praying this way and you're relinquishing control and you're replacing your worry, then you think of things that are noble, that are pure, that are trustworthy, anything that is excellent. You think on these things. See, what Paul is doing is, no, no, no. The world is going to tell you one way, but God is going to give you the way. And the way as we steer into that curve, we got to get our minds right with that way. We got to allow God to transform our minds, Paul would say later. And so we need to be careful about how we are doing this. And prayer helps us to focus on what we need to focus on. It changes the way that we think. It re helps us to release control and, and it re removes our worry, replaces our worry, and it, and it reveals contentment. Right? Pa Paul says, look, I, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. The psalmist would say it like this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because we have God, we have. 
And so Paul's taking this through this whole list of things. I want you to give your life to prayer. And as you do this, it's going to change everything. Because the fifth thing is prayer helps us to rely on God. Prayer helps us. Here's what we really think prayer is. See, a lot of times prayer, prayer we think is, is prayer is us changing God's mind. Prayer is us moving, moving God towards us, right? We want to pray and we're like, God, we need you to be on team me. I need you to do some things for me. I want you to, to work in this way. And a lot of times it's great stuff. Man, we've been praying for healings. That's good. But when we see it as, as prayer moving God towards us, we're, we've got the wrong lenses on. Because what Paul says to these ladies at the end, he's like, I can do everything. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And I, I, I've got this. I can overcome this disease. I can overcome this isolation. I can overcome this unemployment. I can overcome this fear. I can overcome this uncertainty. I can do anything because I am with him who gives me strength. Prayer doesn't move God towards us. What prayer does is move us towards God. See, it helps us understand that we are not alone in this journey. It helps us understand when we, when we set aside time and, and we go into that quiet place, wherever that is for you, and you, and you really cast everything on him. You come with thankfulness and you're like, God, I, I come to you and I'm not gonna tell you what you need to do because you know, I just need you, God. Isaiah talked about it. There's this the spirit of heaviness. And, and, and I talked about it, man, that the spirit of heaviness that just descended upon that latest announcement. And it's just one thing after the other, right? This heaviness that exists in our community, in our world. There's a lot of people who need to need some joy. There's a lot of people who need to choose, regardless of the circumstances, to lean into the presence of God find joy because we can See, that, that's the thing is, this isn't hard it's not something that you need some theological degree for Paul just says pray bring everything to him and just lay it down present it to him and leave it and that peace that no one else can understand will fill your heart and your soul and your mind will begin to think in the ways that he thinks and you will believe that you can accomplish anything because his power is with you. That you can overcome this time of isolation. You can overcome this sickness. There is nothing that can stop us when God is for us. If that isn't a joyful message, I don't know what is. And so I've, my prayer today, as we close this service, my prayer is that, is that we would feel the presence of God. And, and, and Father, I, I pray right now that anyone who is feeling that spirit of heaviness on them, that, that that would be cast off. That like Peter says, they would just throw that sucker onto you. I pray, Father, that you would move in ways miraculous to heal our world. And I'm not going to tell you how to do it because you know how to do it. I pray, God, that, that we would move closer to you, that we would feel your presence, that we would hear your words in our hearts and our souls, that I am with you and you can do anything when I am with you.
Father, I pray that if there's anyone out there who's never known that peace, that they would just surrender themselves to it today. That they would know what it means to follow you and to find that joy. We choose joy, God, because we choose you. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' holy name.